SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. They're going to make the playoffs, but they are a lot closer to not making the playoffs than they are the number one seed. Right now, if the playoffs were to start, the Lakers wouldn't even have home court advantage in the first round, let alone the Western Conference Finals. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Tuesday, April 6th. There is truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours. Taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire your way. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well on a Tuesday opposite picks morning. Well, underwhelming title game. This jet flies the coop. Atlanta's loss is Denver's gain. This is why you bet against the Mets with Jacob DeGrom on the hill all of the time. Uh, take note, Dookie Pukey fans. Your future could be now. What was the Sean thinking? Good question. Even better answer. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Tuesday, April 6th. NCAA championship game. Boy, you know, it's been a, a pretty good NCAA tournament. You had a few upsets. You don't want to have too, too, too many upsets. Otherwise, you have a bunch of nobody teams, you know, in the uh, Elite Eight and Final Four. I thought you had a good, uh, good sample size, we'll say, of upsets. Unfortunately for me, Illinois was one of them. Uh, but, you know, what was a pretty good, all things considered, was it a disaster? You only had one game missed. Uh, NCAA tournament, it ended with a, just a dud last night. Just an absolute dud. And I think if I would have told you that before the game, most people anyway would have said that uh, the dud landed uh, in the lap of Gonzaga. Instead, uh, it was it was Baylor winning easily. 86-70 last night. Start to finish. This really was, I said it yesterday, uh, you know, I think if these two teams played 10 times, I, I, I think it would be five versus five. You know, maybe, maybe one team would win six out of the 10. But I, I think for the most part, it was even. But, <coughs> excuse me, the, the thing that just did it to me for last night, which is why I thought Baylor was going to win, as I told you yesterday, these teams can't come back after victories like uh, you know, the Zags had against UCLA. It's tough. Um, the one thing, if they were going to change any rule, and I mentioned this way before yesterday, but if they were ever going to change a rule with this NCAA tournament, I don't mind having a 65 or 66 team, whatever it is, 65 teams. Uh, I don't mind having to play in games. They're goofy. No one really takes them seriously. As it turned out, you know, UCLA, uh, we've had Syracuse in the playoff games get to the Final Four as well. So, you know, it's kind of like a, an NFL wild card team. It is possible for those teams to kind of run the table, i.e. Tampa Bay. So I don't mind all that other nonsense, but 
They got to separate at least by one more day the difference between the final four teams and games uh, on Saturday and then the championship game, you know, Monday night. It, it just, there's not enough time. Uh, I, I gave you the stats. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Tuesday morning, just getting underway as uh, we discussed Baylor's easy 86 70 win over uh, Gonzaga last night, <clears throat> winning the national championship. That was just the last night's game was just a case of the Zags weren't over that dramatic win over UCLA. I mean, they, they fell behind 9 nothing. Blink of an eye. Suggs had two fouls, three and a half minutes in. Game was over. Game was over. They, they were never in it. You can break it down every which way but Sunday. But it was not – you're not breaking down a real Gonzaga team. You were breaking down a, you know, a distracted, not-focused Zag team. You know, a team that we hadn't seen all season long. Turnover after turnover after turnover. Bad play. Uh, I told you the two quick fouls on Suggs three and a half minutes into the game. He was on the bench three and a half minutes into the game. They're down double digits a couple minutes into the game. And their best player, second best player is on the bench. I mean, it it was 29-10 to start the game. It was 19-point lead 10 minutes in. I mean, Mark, see, this is why... You know, I, 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 I get yelled at. Not yelled at. Uh, I get, uh, you know, criticized sometimes because I'm a little negative. <clears throat> it would have thunked that, huh? But this is why I criticize head coaches, even in victory. This is why I criticize Mark Few uh, after the UCLA win because at the end of regulation with a second and a half left, he didn't have a play designed. Uh, with three and a half seconds left at the end of the overtime, his, his Great play after 25 years of coaching was, let me inbound the ball to my best player in the backcourt and see what he can do. Well, great great coaching, Coach. I, I never going to come up with that one, you know. Uh, now it turned out, and they won. But I told you yesterday that I would still criticize the coach, even though if, if the outcome was was right because the, the execution was terrific, but the thinking was awful as a head coach. you got to have a play. you got to have a play in your back pocket there, right? Uh, this guy, you're just being negative. All right, well, last night showed why Mark Few has never won a championship before and probably never will uh, because he didn't have his team ready to play. Whatever you have to do over the last 48 hours to get that team to come back down to earth, if you will, and be prepared, he didn't do. Didn't do. 9 nothing. 29-10, turn your TV set off after the first literally 10 minutes of the game. Zags did cut it to 10 at halftime, but never. Never did you think they were going to come back and win that game. Uh, what an awful player's performance, and to me, uh, an even worse coach's performance from Mark Field. Just getting underway, hour number one, opposite picks on this Tuesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This will do it. This will do it. Scott Drew's dream comes true. Coach Drew and Baylor, complete college basketball. My guys are of the highest character, and they just love this game and and loved each other and loved this team enough that no matter all these crazy protocols that were put on them and not playing in front of fans and testing every day and having to quarantine for 14 days because they might or might not have been close to somebody for over 15 minutes and, and – uh, None of them would take 
the love for basketball uh, that they have away and also the the desire and love that they had to you know to hoop together and to play together so their resiliency and their drive and stick to itiveness and just and their positive attitude and enthusiasm was just something I'll I'll take I'll take with me the rest of my life you're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. CBS there with the call. Then uh, Gonzaga head coach Mark Few after losing in the championship game, uh, 86-70. Uh, he could uh, wax poetic justice and all that other mumbo-jumbo all he wants, and I'm sure he does feel that way, but uh, there's millions of people around the country saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so about this Gonzaga team. And, you know, they're just going to have to live with that. Like UCLA is going to have to live with uh, knowing the fate uh, was, uh, you know, a, not a half-court shot, but a, uh, you know, a 35-foot Hail Mary prayer thrown up that ended up going in rather than going to double overtime. That was their fate, and Gonzaga's fate is just Never showing up. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure again which is more difficult to deal with. You know, I suppose. You know, I'd rather get blown out than lose a close game. But be able to walk out of that blowout saying they're just better than us. What, what are we going to do? We'll play that team ten times. Maybe we win once, maybe twice. But you know what? They're better than us. Uh, I'd rather have that. Then I think I'd rather have the heartbreaker. Just knowing that, ah, you know what, that they weren't better than us. They just got lucky versus what the Zags put forth last night. Boy, when you don't put forth your best effort, I can put forth my best effort and and know that it just wasn't meant to be. For whatever reason, they hit a prayer. You know, I can make that one time out of ten. It is what it is. That's sports. You, you play sports long enough, that's going to happen to you somewhere along the line, I suppose. Um, you know, hard losses are, are, you know, tough to accept. But when you walk away from a game, no, and you played like crap. You, 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 you not like you said nine nothing and twenty nine ten is all you need to know. That, that that's really all you need to know. Ten minutes in, the game was over. Over. Ten minutes in, twenty nine ten. I mean, what is Mark Few doing before the game? I mean, you know, geez, where's New Rockley when you need him? Is he giving any kind of pep talk? Where, where's good old Kim Mulkey and, and all the great words of wisdom she's been having uh, lately, right? You know, where's Mrs. Virus? How come she's not in there giving a little pep talk? Something, or is it, you know, steal her over from Baylor? Something, right, for, for the Zags. I mean, you, you, nine nothing. Best player, second best player, two fouls, three and a half minutes in, 29 10, 10 minutes in, game over. I mean, just, just awful. Uh, I, you know, again, this is why Mark Fuse, Mark Fuse, maybe a nice guy. Yeah, you never hear any allegations about cheating, but you don't hear allegations about anybody cheating. You know, every coach in the world, you know, oh, Kelvin Sampson, great guy at, uh, you know, Houston. Oh, great, loves his player. But, yeah, I mean, well, he got fired from Oklahoma for cheating and he got fired from Indiana for cheating. You know, uh, you know, Roy Williams, oh, great guy, loves his program, great, you know, takes care of his kid. Yeah, okay, no, no word about all those studies his kids were taking when he never went to class and they were all getting A's. Guys on an honor roll. <laughs> honor roll, and he took four courses. He didn't show up one time. Yeah, that Roy Williams, he cares about his kids. So you, you don't hear about, you know, the, the reality of these coaches maybe being bums, 
But you don't hear anything about Mark Few. And he's got that innocent, boyish, you know, Richard Thomas Walton's look to him, even though he's, you know, probably closing in on 60, uh, if not over 60. Um, and then they've been underdogs the whole time, you know, basically heading into this year. But yeah, that's why you're a head coach, you know? There are certain times, more times than not, you throw the ball out in the court and you let them play. Now, the Zags don't. Uh, I will admit, you know, they actually run plays. When you watch them play, they're backdoor cutting you to death. They're pick and rolling you to death. They're, they're actually, he's not just rolling the ball out there and saying, here, five guys, I know you're going to be in the NBA a year from now, but let's let's go play. You know, it is, it is more than that at, at, the, uh, at Gonzaga. I will grant you that, but. This is one of those times you knew. You knew after that emotional victory against UCLA on Saturday night, late Saturday night, oh, by the way, that it was good. the biggest challenge wasn't necessarily preparing for whatever Baylor was going to give you. It was getting your kids, you know, feet back on earth and, and make them realize, hey, we got one more game to go. And they he, he just didn't do it. Didn't do it. Failed miserably. I don't know, uh, you know, who he called on. Uh, if, if anybody, for that matter, but uh, th- that's a game. If you're a Zaga player or fan, that you walk away from really just disgusted. Again, I'll, I'll lose by thirty if I walk away knowing that other team is thirty points better than me. I'll lose by a buzzer beater knowing that that's that happens sometimes. What are you gonna do? Uh, but when you lose and you play as as lousy as they did, oh well, just you know, it's not that they ended up with that that many turnovers. But when you watch the game, it was just like every big spot, every little opportunity they may have had to really get themselves back into the game, they turned the ball over. You know, their numbers are deceiving. If I told you before the game the Zags would hit 51%, you'd say, all right, I'll I'll take that, right? 25 of 49, that's not horrible. Uh, If I told you they would have... 14 turnovers. All right. You know, um, you know, you'd like to reduce that down. You'd be probably like that closer to 10 or so, but it's not that 14 is that many. If I told you that nobody would foul out for Gonzaga, you'd sign up for that in a heartbeat, right? If I told you you had three players in double figures, you'd say, okay, you'd probably like to have four or five, but, you know, you could deal with three, not too, too bad. Uh, you know, the only one that maybe glares at you is, uh, um, you know, three-point shots. You know, he only shot 29%. Not horrible, horrible. Uh, you know, 29% sounds more acceptable than 5 of 17. 5 of 17 sounds lousy. That's a, geez, you only have 5 out of 17 shots. But you're going to hit about 33% of your threes. That that That's the norm. So even that's not that far off. So what was it then, Scott? 38 to 22. That's what it was. Rebounding. Baylor, 38 rebounds. Zags, only 22. That was the difference. Uh, they, they just beat them up on the boards. Um, they did get 17 offensive rebounds, the Zags, and Baylor only got 22. But, <clears throat> you know, when they're missing some of their shots and those three-pointers and they're not getting second looks and then you throw in a few of the turnovers and then you throw in the foul trouble that Suggs had, although he ended up playing 33 minutes. Uh, and Timmy left the, the game in the second half with a little uh, a hamstring injury, although he did enter back in the game. It's, uh, you know, it's just one of the, like I said, it's it's – 
you can sit there and analyze it every which way, but lose. But it's it's uh, it's it's more just you watch them and they were just out of sync. You know, you hear that sometimes, and that was the zag. They were just out of sync, just never never in a game. They cut it to ten. You know, maybe the two biggest bucket uh, buckets um, after you know Baylor led by nineteen. They led by twenty. I think they got it up to twenty. I know at least nineteen because I know it was twenty nine ten. But uh, Zags hit it to, to got it to ten. On a last-second uh, layup before halftime, you thought, okay, maybe, just maybe, they got a little something and they've survived, right, the, the, this awful first half. And then uh, Baylor came out to start the second half with two long threes. Boom, back up to 16, ball game done. Ball game done, and you never heard from Gazaga the rest of the way. So, Baylor, your national champ, Zags lose again. What else is new? Hour number one, opposite picks of this Tuesday morning with Scott Wilson. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, prior to the to the pause, we were first top three in defense and uh, most of that time number one defense in the country. And we were solid three offense the whole time. And uh, um, I know there's some let off when we came back. And then I thought we were getting it back. And, I mean, we're really good defensively. And I thought uh, uh, we made things tough tonight. Uh, Gonzaga uh, missed some shots that they probably normally make. Um, but really credit our guys for making everything difficult. Coach Jacobs uh, uh, was on their staff there and obviously familiar with the program. He had a great scouting report. Um, but credit the players then for executing it. That's uh, Drew, uh, Scott Drew, Baylor head coach. Yeah, they they held the, the Zags to 70 points, their lowest uh, total of the season. Uh, and an 86-70 uh, Baylor win as they uh, lead it from start to finish and win their first uh, men's national championship. So congrats to Baylor. And, and uh, Scott Drew, I, I don't know, good guy, bad guy, who knows what, but he did, did take over a program that was just basically rock bottom with all the scandals and everything that went on at Baylor. And, and I remember at the time thinking, boy, who, who would want that job? Good gravy, right? I know it's Big 12 and everything, but it's really not necessarily a football factory. But, you know, that was a little bit after RG3 and stuff, and football had kind of turned a page. And then you had the scandal, you know, in both programs. You're talking about eliminating sports down there, and he takes over. It's like, why would you want to sign up for that? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, lo and behold, he built himself a national championship uh, a few years later. 86-70, they win. Game goes, you know, that they cover the spread. Uh, they obviously win outright and then cover the spread as four-and-a-half-point dogs, as I told you they would do yesterday. Um, the game did go under. Tough, tough under. If you had the over, boy, I, t- I tell you what. 40, first of all, the over-under was 160, 159-and-a-half. We all kind of thought that was a little high, but, you know, I told you with the Zags, that tells me that the boys in Vegas fan duel knew that Baylor was not going to slow the ball down. They knew they were going to go toe-to-toe with this team and just go up and down out of court and uh, most points wins type of thing. So I liked the over a little bit, but didn't love it. It was more a Baylor play. But you were looking pretty good. You know, you had yourself 84 points at halftime, which is not bad. And then you had the perceived better team in Gonzaga trailing. So, you know, Andy thought, you know, if the Zags were leading, 
you know, maybe they take the air out of the ball. Baylor struggles. They can't score. You know, you, you really had to like your chances at 47-37 for the over at halftime. You really did. And, and really, <clears throat> it wasn't that bad. It's just one of those unfortunate things where they, they stopped scoring in the end. Uh, I mean, with five minutes left, you had 143 points. All right? So you needed 17 points with five minutes and 18 seconds left to hit the over. That's, you know, in a game in which you might get some fouling, you might get some cheap points, you know. I can hear Baylor, don't foul, don't foul. And I can see Gonzaga, the where they have all the backdoor cuts and all the layups, you know, going, getting easy buckets. You know, you're looking pretty good. 80-63 with 5.18 left, albeit a 17-point game. Uh, and that's when uh, the faucet was, uh, you know, lowered, we'll say, if not turned off. Uh, they get two points over the next minute. All of a sudden, it's 82-63 with four minutes left now. Still need 15 points in four minutes and three seconds. That's still, you know, I got to sweat it a little bit. And then Corey Kispert hits a three-pointer to make it 82-65 with 3.51 left. And now I'm thinking, all right, 13 points with nearly four minutes left, uh, you know, uh, in a 15, a 19 point, uh, 17, check that point game. You know, okay, I'm, I'm looking, you know, pretty good. Baylor missed three-pointer. Baylor offensive rebound. Timeout, Baylor. Now we're down to three minutes as they dribble another 30 seconds off the clock. Miss shot by Baylor. Uh, Gonzaga gets the rebound. All right, now we got the 13 points in three minutes and seven seconds left. Zags missed a three. Oh, fudge. Baylor rebound. That's right when I said, uh-oh, uh, we could be in trouble. 244, Baylor's going to sit on the ball. We still need 13 points. That, you know, that was a quick minute and a half, basically, with no points being scored from that 351 mark. Next bucket came at 214. We need 11 points with two minutes and 14. Now we're sweating big time. This was the key, I thought. Jalen Suggs misses a layup with two minutes left. Baylor gets the ball. They can sit on the ball again. You know, instead of making that a 17, uh, God forbid, a 16-point game with two minutes left, you know, maybe, just maybe, the Zags say one last effort. You know, maybe they foul and send Baylor to the free throw line. Then you get the cheap points. But they didn't. They called off the dogs. Baylor gets the rebound after that missed layup by Suggs. Uh, they take 30 seconds off the clock before they turn it over. J uh, you know, Zags have the, the ball. They get a layup to make it 84-67. You need nine points with a minute 28 left. That's not happening, not when they're not fouling. Um, you know, eventually they did foul uh, you know, after 30 seconds. Uh, Baylor hits a couple of free throws to make it 86-67. You need seven points and 59 seconds. They hit a three with 46 seconds left to make it 86-70. You know, you need four points in 46 seconds, and this is where the gambling gods come into play. You know, if you got the under, uh, Baylor hits a couple of shots, uh, or one shot. Zag comes down. They hit a layup, and uh, the final is 88-72, to and the game goes over. If you had the over... Uh, they run at the final 46 seconds with no more points being scored, and the game ends 86-70, and that's what happened. As uh, Zags missed a, uh, or Baylor actually missed a three-pointer, <clears throat> but uh, Zaga turned the ball over, and um, that was that. And the game doesn't even really come close to going over. 
But you needed 13 points with four minutes left. You know how many times, 351 to be exact, you know how many times 13 points aren't scored in the final three minutes and 51 seconds of a basketball game, especially a college game where everybody but everybody fouls? That's a tough over. or that That's a tough under. Uh, you know, the, the number was a little high, but, man, that thing should have gone over. Should have gone over, but it didn't. So Baylor getting four and a half and the under was your uh, your doubleheader combination uh, last night in the in the national championship game. Brackets-wise, for me, you know, when everything is said and done, I, I, I do love doing this. And I told you before we did it, you know, few, three weeks ago, that it comes out a lot. But out of the five brackets that I had, the one that won was our trend bracket. My uh, real, if you will, bracket had Illinois beating Gonzaga in the final. So I did have uh, that right. I didn't have Zag winning it. So I, I was right, if you will, about that. I'll take a little bit of credit for that. Uh, my opposite picks bracket had Florida State winning it all because they never won a big game in their lives with Leonard Hamilton. So I put the uh, the whammy on them. So that got blown up in smoke. My... Um, Upset bracket had Arkansas winning it all. That obviously went up in smoke a long time ago, losing to Baylor. At least I lost to the eventual champ, if that means anything. My uh, sports grid bracket was just pick the higher seed, just to see how it would turn out, uh, which I had Gonzaga beating Baylor in the final because the Zags were the number one seed overall. So I did hit um, you know, two of the final four. <clears throat> I had the championship. I don't know how I came out. I'm sure uh, you know somebody must have had uh, Baylor winning it all, so I don't think I won uh, that pool. So that's uh, four down, and uh, and that's that. The only one I really did, you know, it goes to figure, the only <clears throat> bracket I really didn't um, fill out was the trend bracket, which had because that doesn't really do first and second. All that does is just, it just picks a winner. And I told you at the beginning of the tournament, the trend was Baylor. And it's it's remarkable how many times though when you do those trends we do it in horse racing a lot and I I've pit I think it's like four out of the last five triple crown races I believe it, or five out of six or something ridiculous really it's goofy it is amazing uh, and I've hit NCAA championship winners before if you just do the series of trends and put them all in order and know which order to go by. Uh, for me, it came down to Illinois and uh, and Baylor, and I said there wasn't a team that ever won a national championship from Illinois, so we limited the Illini, and uh, that left Baylor as our defend as, as our champion. And lo and behold, we had a winner. So <clears throat> if you listen to my trend plays all the time, you know hopefully you had Baylor winning your national championship, but otherwise, uh, nothing from me. <clears throat> and I'm also in one of those uh, Super Bowl box type of pools. You know, if you do the Super Bowl pool, you get the one number and the other number, and you, you get the final score. Uh, I'm in one. I run one where we do that with the college basketball tournament. But instead of it being the Super Bowl, we use every single game, all 60-whatever games there are in the NCAA tournament. And we use the final score, the winning final score, losing final score, every single game, right? So I had three sets of numbers. Three didn't win one time. Not one time. And I and mine were like good numbers. Four, three. The only time he had four, three was the playing game, which we didn't count. 
Um, I, I think I had to two nine, you know, 72, 69, 72, 59. Sounds like a normal score, right? Uh, 64, 63, you know, 74, 63. That, that sounds like a normal score. I forget my other set of numbers, but not once. I never win those. Never, ever, ever. Super Bowl box pools uh, or this NCAA basket. I could have like 50 numbers and, and I would have like 50 non winners. It's, it's just amazing. I have absolutely no luck whatsoever when it comes to those box pools. <clears throat> and even with three sets of numbers over 60, what is it, 63, 62, whatever it was, games, not a one. Not a freaking one. Nothing but losers. Amazing. Burn up the brackets. All right. We'll take a look at baseball, basketball, NBA, and some hockey stuff. That's all coming up next. Opposite picks on a Tuesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's really like a family. When I talk about a family, like group of brothers, like after 30 days in the bubble, like, you know, you start to like not want to be around each other. Like, you know, you're around dudes all day. It's just like hard. But um, I don't know how we got through it. Like we got through it. We loved each other. We played so many games of Connect Four. Um, we played cornhole. We ate together, you know, watched movies together. We did everything together. And uh, that's just a really cool thing. I'm gonna remember that probably more than winning the championship, you know. Um, they're just great guys, great people. So that's what I'm going to remember for sure. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. That's uh, Jared Butler for the uh, Baylor Bears talking about, uh, you know, not only obviously winning the national championship, but also uh, just the whole kind of camaraderie thing that uh, those guys had to live with uh, for three plus weeks uh, sitting there in Indianapolis and, and playing in the NCAA tournament. So uh, they end up winning. I don't even know, to, to tell you the truth. I didn't stay up. Uh, I, I watched the end of it and then said, that's it, I'm done. So I, I got to double check and let you guys know who won the uh, the player uh, of the uh, tournament. I'm guessing it was him, but uh, they were such a balanced club that I, I'm not sure. But uh, he finished with 22 points uh, last night, team high 22 points. Our poll question is up. Pretty good one, I do believe. Well, of course, they're all good, but uh, some better than others, we'll just say. First up, we'll start with the yesterday's poll question, and that was, uh, you know, most uh, shocking start to the uh, early baseball season, the 0-3 Atlanta Braves at 63.5%, almost 64% uh, getting most of the vote. 0-4 Oakland A's were now 0-5 at uh, 20% of the vote. And they're hosting the Dodgers. They're, they're looking at an 0-7 start here. Uh, the then 0-3 Red Sox, they won last night, so cha-ching, cha-ching on them, uh, getting 11% of the vote, and then the proverbial other getting 4%. But the Braves, uh, slow start, the uh, the leader from yesterday. Today's poll question, um, best slash most hyped college basketball team to never win a championship. Pretty good, uh, pretty good one. Uh, threw in there the, the 2021 Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, get the Michigan Fab Five, Houston's Five Slam Pajama, or the uh, Kentucky uh, Cat Carl Anthony Towns uh, Devin Booker team. 
which, you know, it's early on, and 24 votes. I just posted it a little while ago. Um, I, I, I would think Kentucky with Cat and Booker, um, you know, that's the one that lost to Wisconsin. Boy, that's the one. Oof. They're all great choices. They, they really are. Um, probably when everything is said and done, if you look at NBA and Hall of Fame talent, the Houston's five slam and jamma is going to, you know, that, that'll be the best team. I think that that's, um, you know, in the Kentucky Cat and Booker team, that was one year and a little different year uh, with Calipari. He didn't have these guys for three years. You know, the Michigan Fab Five, three years. Uh, five slam and jamma, three years. Uh, you know, Gonzaga seemingly every year, but with this group really only one since uh, they hadn't the chance to win it last year. But Best, most overhyped college basketball team to never win. I, I would say if you're old enough to remember Five Slam Jamma, that that's Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. I mean, they had two of the all-time, not all-time, all-time, all-time greats with Drexler, but I'll tell you, Olajuwon's one of the best centers I ever saw play. So that they had something that these other teams did not have, which is an all-time, all-time great player, and then a rock-solid, absolute Hall of Famer in Drexler. Uh, Michigan Fab Five did not have that. You know, Weber's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Uh, I don't think Gazaga, when everything is said and done, we'll see how Suggs turns out. And Timmy, uh, Kispert's not even an NBA player, you know, so I don't think they're going to have a Hall of Fame player, at least not at that level. You know, Cat and Devin Booker for Kentucky, they, they, they went deep, you know, much like Houston did. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to get to to that, uh, you know, Elijah Wan, uh Drexler level. So when you look at their NBA careers and championships, you know, Drexler won, Keem won two. Uh, that's the one that you're going to probably point to. I, that, I think that's the one, you know, most hyped, you know, it, it, listen, five slam a jammer. That was the fab five. If you, you know, if you're not known to remember those, you know, the fab five after Houston's uh, slam a jammer, that, that was them, uh, you know, just 10 years earlier. Um, but same, same thing, same hype, same, you know, they were beating the snot out of teams. Drexler going up and down the court and dopey guy Lewis decides to go into a stall <laughs> with 60% free throw shooters on his team leading North Carolina state. And this mope goes into a stall. Ugh, good girl. The, uh, to me, so the absolute all time worst coaching move ever. Uh, you, you know, Green Bay can go for field goals, you know, down uh, four with a minute left. I, it doesn't matter. You can go for one down two with 30 seconds left in football. It doesn't matter. You got the best, most athletic team and maybe in the history of college basketball. They can't hit a lick for the free throw line. You, you're in control. You know, remember, no three-point play back then. You're in complete control. And with four minutes left, he tells his guys, slow it down. Go into a stall. It's one of the dumbest coaching moves ever. Just, just absolutely dumb. So that team probably, when you look at the overall talent, it was as deep as deep can be. The Hall of Famers, how they didn't win one time. They lost to North Carolina State, you know, the Jim Valvano team. They lost to um, uh, Georgetown. And uh, they lost uh, the one year earlier in, in the semifinals to uh, who they lose to. Um, uh, shoot, there was one more team. I forget who it was. Uh, but they, they went three years to the final. North Carolina, three years in the final four. And uh, two finals, one semifinal loss, and two final losses. Man, amazing. 
that they couldn't win. Fab Five, I thought the Fab Five was just overrated, to tell you the truth. You know, and then Gonzaga. This is where the Zags feel the impact of no tournament last year. I can't help but think, could be wrong, but, you know, if this same group stayed together, and Suggs wasn't part of last year's team, uh, I would think they would have. That one out of the two years, they would have found a way to win a championship. You'd like to think anyway, but they only had one crack at it. And it's just the same old, boy, that's a tough moniker to live with. Same old, same old. And it, it is true. And I was actually rooting for them this year. It, it's, you know, no matter what they do, and I remember thinking this, so this is not even really novel this year. I, I remember thinking this last year when I thought they would win it all. But I don't care who they have on this team. I don't care if they have Elijah Wan, Drexler, Booker, Fab Five, Kispert, Timmy, Suggs, all back on this team. I don't care if they're wearing a Gonzaga uniform. You just can't take this team seriously. You know, you hear it every single year. Oh, this year's different with the Zags. They're so much quicker. They're so much more athletic. They're so much more better. They're crushing teams when they win. Every game but two by double digits. I mean, you can't have a more dominant team than what the Zags put forth this year. I mean, forget about just going undefeated at 31-0 and heading into last night's game, but winning 29 29 out of 31 games by double digits. I mean, that is remarkable. You know, you got NBA players in Suggs. You got an NBA player in Timmy. You got a pretty good player in Kispert. You got uh, other guys that are coming off the bench. I mean, it just every single year this team finds a way to blow it. And I'm just, I'm sick of them blowing it, but I'm more sick of hearing about how great they are every year and how this year is going to be different. You know, the Dick Vitales of the world and all the, uh, you know, all the college basketball experts, uh, so-called experts that had Zagat absolutely positively winning it, no doubt about it. You know, they're not going out on a limb. They're going to win. They're this, they're that. You know, what's their excuse today? You know, that they, they lost the game, as we talked about. They lost the game in the semifinal. And that they are 14-point home, well, not home, but they're a 14-point favorite over a Cinderella-UCLA team. And UCLA, UCLA, you know, they should get championship rings from Baylor. They really should. Uh, Baylor should send them uh, like 15 championship rings saying, guys, thanks, we couldn't have done it without you. (laughs) We wouldn't have won. If you would have rolled over and lost that game by uh, 10 to 15 points, like most Zaga wins, chances are we would have lost this title game. But the fact that you took Gonzaga to the limit like you did, just gas them for tonight's championship game. So you know what? Uh, our answer to that is we're sending you 15 uh, NCAA championship rings that you could probably say you were part of this championship for us. Not for your own team, but but for us. You know? and, and that's really the reality of it is. Uh, they, they blew it. They didn't blow it last night. They blew it against UCLA when uh, it took all that energy to beat a 14-point underdog. You know, not even like a great team. You know, if they were facing Michigan or Alabama and they were taken to the limit, well, okay, that's that, you know. But they were facing a team that was a mediocre Pac-12 team, albeit obviously on a great Cinderella run. But, wow, 
That's what burned them. So well, they should get some championship rings. But it's the same old, just same old, same old. So next year, you know, at this time, you know, or in, even in uh, November and uh, December, we're going to hear about how great Gonzaga is. And, he, you know, Mark Few, great job on the recruiting trail. Maybe he got himself a transfer. Maybe Suggs decides to come back. I kind of doubt it. And this year's going to be it's the same old song and dance. Put this in the category of the same old, same old. Amazing. So 86 70. Baylor wins eight six is your uh, your square numbers at the one seven seven at halftime. By the way, forty seven thirty seven. And uh, in case you missed it last night on our update. Oh, sorry. Um, you know, this is why you don't give a twenty two year old who's not going to be a free agent for another five years or whatever it is uh, a three hundred million dollar contract. Now I'm sure he's going to be okay. But he dislocated his shoulder last night, swinging and missing, no less, on a pitch. $340 million. Don't know how long he's going to be out. Obviously happened late last night, not that long ago, to tell you the truth, since it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Swinging in the third inning on a 2-2 pitch, you know, trying to hit the ball 5,000 yards, and he dislocates his left shoulder. Good grief. Tell me these guys aren't on a little something. <laughs> you can't swing and miss without blowing your shoulder out. The crumbling of the Padres has begun already. Less than a week into the season, the Padres and Gonzaga, you know, the West Coast wonders, all the hype and none of the, the finality of it all. And their, their finality may come literally a week into the season. If he's out for any extended, and I'm guessing he's going to be out at least a month, right, I would think, with a partially dislocated shoulder. I'm not a doctor, but I would think he's got to miss at least a month. Big blow to the Padres, who lost again last night. So we'll get into that. And then we got the uh, the Sam Darnold trade to the uh, Carolina Panthers. One of the, you know, the Panthers actually had the eighth, well, they still have, the eighth overall pick. Jets didn't even get close to that. They got a sixth, a second, and a fourth rounder next year. Well, if, if with the Jets holding the number three pick, if they could have squeezed that eighth pick out of Carolina for Darnold, boy, that would, you know they were asking for that. That would have been a great haul. But instead, they got basically nothing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Darnold airs it out for Crowder. And the catch is made. Darnold throwing. Midfield into the 40-yard line. It is Brashad Perryman. Arnold again from the gun. Looks left. Throws left to the end zone. It's caught for the Jets touchdown. It's Crowder. Yeah, you got, uh, I think that was Fox and CBS and Jets Radio Networks and uh, TV Networks with the calls there. As Sam Darnold is packing his bags, uh, shuffling off to Carolina, sweet home Carolina. How about that? As the Jets trade the quarterback, uh, you know, who's supposed to be the face of the franchise and this and that and the greatest things since sliced bread just three years ago, third overall pick. 
to the Carolina Panthers. Jets get a sixth rounder this year, which is nothing. Uh, they do get a second rounder and a fourth rounder in next year's draft, and which you know could be pretty good if, if Carolina stinks uh, like they could. You know uh, that uh, second rounder figures to be you know anywhere around thirty-five to forty, you know maybe forty-five, which isn't horrible. And then the fourth rounder is what it is. You know that that's it's going to be around one hundred, uh, you know, forty or so, depending on. Uh, uh, all the other draft choices and where they finish up. So, you know, basically they got a second round pick for a guy that uh, was taken third overall. But as I mentioned before the break, I think you heard anyway, um, you know, Carolina does have the eighth overall pick. And you got to believe, obviously, right? The Jets were holding out for that eighth overall pick. Hey, you know what? We took this guy third three years ago. Uh, he stunk, but the team has been awful. You know, he's been injured. He's had mono. He's had this. He hasn't played a full season. You know, his best running back, Le'Veon Bell, gone. Best wide receiver, one's out. You know, the, the team has been atrocious. You know, I'm sure they were holding out hope that Carolina would fold their cards and give up that eighth overall pick, but not even close. Not not even close. So you get a second-round pick, basically. But, you know, you knew that they weren't going to trade. The only thing is now they have to, right? They draft a quarterback. But more importantly, they have to start him from the outset. Good luck on that in the AFC East. All right, hour number one in the books, one full to go right here on the Picks on a Tuesday morning.